Memphis, 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 Hi, this is Tom Izzo at Michigan State, and you're listening to Grizz 901. What up, Grizz Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Grizz 901. I'm your host, Daniel Greer, and today it's time for the draft. We've been working on these, and we are getting these out to you, breaking down each and every individual that we think would be a good fit for the Grizzlies. And as you know, nobody actually knows. But we're going to try our best. We're going to break down different groups, and we're going to group a bunch of people and different players into these different episodes, and hopefully it makes sense. This first one, it's going to be all about hometown ties. Any kind of ties that you have to Memphis, the state of Tennessee, whatever we can do, this is going to be the Hometown Flavor podcast. And with that being said, we're going to give you Jalen Duran, Josh Minot, and Kenny Chandler. And who's going to bring that information to us? It's going to be Ryan Meadows. What's up, man? I'm still, this has nothing to do with the Grizzlies or the draft. I'm still licking my wounds from the past two days of NBA basketball playoff gambling losses. Um, I should be rich, but I'm just a little bit more broke than I was before. So it's not terrible, but I should be on this pod rich and feeling real good. But just bad luck. But we're going to flip our fortunes with this draft talk with the Grizzlies. So I'm excited to talk about these players because, you know, I'm obsessed with it. It's one of my favorite things to do. A hundred percent. And I can't wait. And this is uh, this is something that I used to not care too much about at all. And then when we kind of started going through these uh, over the years uh, with free basketball and I give them a plug of uh, going out and listening to the Leeds Podcast Network, make sure you go do that. We have our podcast. We're going to have a lot of good you know, podcasts. If you want more draft info, you're going to go over to the Leeds Podcast Network. And really, if you don't care about the other shows, that's fine. Check out Monday's show. It's called Free Basketball. Ryan's on it for sure. And sometimes it's me and also Cody, who is the other co-host, uh, will be on there, especially leading up to the draft. Uh, as our kind of schedules kind of figure themselves out now that the season is kind of winding down. But uh, let's go ahead and get into it. These are going to be shorter podcasts than normal, but we want to go ahead and break down some guys that we think that might actually fit the Grizzlies that might be there uh, in this spot when they're picking. Uh, The Grizzlies have the 22nd pick, the 29th pick, and then the 47th as a second round pick, which is coming from that Los Angeles Lakers to the New Orleans Pelicans. That didn't happen, right? We didn't get that first round pick. Uh, so now we have two seconds, and one of them is this year, and it's coming from the Cleveland Cavaliers, which is the 47th pick overall. And so with that being said, Ryan, go ahead and give us a guy who you like uh, of, of these three guys and give us where you kind of see him maybe actually being able to draft him. Do they need to trade up to grab him, or can will he fall into their lap around the 20s? Yeah, so I think first off, um, Josh Minot is the kind of question. I think he'll stay in the draft, but June 1st is, I believe, the withdrawal date for underclassmen. 
Um, so I assume that he will stay in the draft because he's been getting a little buzz for his versatility. So he might be the only one out of this group that actually may not be here by draft time, although I actually expect him to be here. But out of this Memphis group that we're talking about, Josh Minot, Jalen Duran, Kennedy Chandler, Jalen Duran is the absolute prize, right? But he's going top 10, top eight, and that's reality. So he would be the ultimate prize to have if you're a Grizzlies guy. Um, but definitely you're trading, and guess what? You're not getting into the top 10. Uh, it is very, very rare for people to move who are in the 20s or mid-lottery, move all the way up into the top 10 to get someone. So this is wishful thinking, but I think it's worth talking about Jalen Durant because he is a former Memphis Tiger now, and he deserves his props, and he's a top, you know, six to eight uh, prospect. I think most mocks have him going eight right now or ninth at least um, to the Spurs. So uh, Jalen Dern, physical monster, really young. I mean, technically this guy should just walked his graduation high school stage. Um, so he came in a year early to play at Memphis and it kind of showed like he's foul prone. Um, he doesn't have a great touch around the basket yet but you can see the physical tools, right? Like he's an absolute monster. He's what, 6'11", I believe. He didn't actually go to the combine, so I don't have measurements on him. Um, so he didn't participate, but he's like 6'11", super bouncy, rim roller, short roll guy. And it was always kind of confusing all year because it felt like the Tigers were not using him properly for his skill set. And we kind of had this problem with James Wiseman. I know he played two games or whatever, but especially Precious Achua, um, and now we see Precious Achua being like one of those guys who went too low, who played for a real role for a playoff team in the Raptors this year. So the thing about Memphis with these bigs, they don't really get to showcase. It's kind of like starting to be the Kentucky Wildcat thing. So I'm very interested to see what other facets of Duran's game does he have, because we saw it with Precious. And I think Duran has that, but at a much higher level. So he would be a dream to draft with this young Grizzlies crew, especially, you know, playing behind Steven Adams, phasing out Steven. Um, he would be a dream to pair with Triple J as one of those big athletic rim running, um, you know, defensive switching bigs. But he's the dream. He's not going to be here, but he's a great player. So I, I think we should mention him at least. Yeah, I agree. You kind of have to mention him just because, um, the, he would be a good fit with the Grizzlies, but I don't know if he's the optimal fit. Uh, and we'll kind of get closer to that as we break down uh, and we give the actual people, the player who we think the Grizzlies are going to draft in these spots. Uh, but also we're going to break down and give you the guy who we would want the most. That's realistic. So the Grizzlies obviously would have to jump up into the top 10 to get a guy like Jalen Dern, but if they were to jump up to the top 10, is he the best player that they would go after? I don't know if we have that answer yet, uh, but I think we have a good idea on who we would want them to get. Uh, but let's go ahead and keep it going. Uh, these are going to be fast and furious podcasts, uh, but let's go ahead and go to your next guy uh, and let's keep it moving. I like it. Yeah, let's go next to actually Josh Minot, um, freshman at the University of Memphis. This is the Memphis pod. So you get two Memphis Tigers back to back. We'll leave the UT, UT Vol, former Memphis native um, who left us and betrayed us and went to the Vols. We'll leave him last. Uh, but we're talking about this is the 29th pick in the first round territory. 
maybe can even get him deep in the second. Although if he's staying in the draft, I feel like there's somebody who said that they're interested in him. So he could go higher than 47th, obviously. But uh, Josh Minot, I don't think is going to end up being a first round lot, uh, first round potential. But it feels kind of like a draft where there's 40 to 50 guys that are potential first rounders. And, you know, usually you don't hear that a lot in the past. So it feels like this draft is wide open. And so it's just purely about your evaluations. And I think Memphis feels really good about taking a player that they evaluate would fit their team um, very high. I mean, just ask Santi Aldama how he's doing. Um, I mean, this guy wasn't even projected to get drafted in the 50s or 60s, and they took him, you know, at the end of the first round. Uh, so if they evaluate and they like Minot, I think you kind of have to take a step back and look at what the Grizzlies have looked for, right? Zaire, length, versatility, playing on the upside factor, um, and a guy that wants to play and plays hard, right? Desmond Bain, same thing. Not young, but versatility, great shooter, wants to play, wants to play hard. Xavier Tillman, hard-nosed guy, wants to play, play hard. And this was what Josh Minot was for the Memphis Tigers. He was the energy, come off the bench, play extremely hard. He's ultra-athletic, really excelled at cutting and finishing. He's very versatile. He's The thing is, is where else is he going to score besides cutting and finishing and on fast break? So I think this is kind of where the questions will come about Minot, which could either get teams enticed by him, by the level that he could be if he put that all together, um, but this is also a potential for where he could actually fall in the draft, where you might be able to scoop him up at 47 if you're the Grizzlies, and he would be a great value at 47. So ultra-lengthy wing, um, his measurements, he was uh, without shoes, six, seven, and three-quarters, almost six, almost seven-foot wingspan. So when we're talking about measurements, there's a few things that – you know, you can't put it all on every um, player saying, like, this is the most important thing. But this is the kind of couple tidbits that I look for that I know most draft scouts look for for teams. And it's a couple things. Height without shoes, positional height, wingspan, averages four plus inches, um, no step vertical and the sprint, but only for guards. So my not the things we're looking for, the – Height without shoes, he's almost six foot eight, almost seven foot wingspan. Great for him. He didn't participate in anything else really. Um, so I don't have a no step vert on him, but he has great positional height. He's just ultra athletic. He's going to be a cutter, a finisher. He actually fits exactly the profile that the Toronto Raptors draft. So if he's not a grizzly, I could see him being a Raptor, but this is a guy who's going to be a project. And this is probably someone who's not polished and ready to go like Zaire Williams was. This is more of a struggling situational come in for blowouts. Maybe he reaps some benefits after year two or three in this league, or maybe by the time they get him on a second contract and maybe they move on from some of these veterans like Kyle Anderson or et cetera, people like that. Yeah. So I like Josh Minot. I think he's more realistically probably a second round pick. And I'm not talking about, you know, even in the first, you know, five or so picks where he could potentially be that bubble 
uh, first round pick. Do you think he is legit second rounder or do you think somebody takes a flyer and jumps up and grabs him in that first round? I think he's most likely an early to mid second rounder, but I, right. some, the draft has switched now to where if people just like a guy, they just take him. Like the Spurs take Josh Primo at 12, the ultimate shock. You know, the Suns take Cam Johnson at 10, you know, and that can really have, it can fall apart. Or if you just, it's this new thing now. It's just like, if you love your guy, just draft him. So someone could fall in love with his versatility and tools. He's kind of like the potential for a three and D guy, even though there is no three at all right now. Uh, but the versatility and the length of him is exactly what everyone is looking for now in this new small ball era. And so it's, it's possible that someone can fall in love with him and take him late first round, but it's more likely that it's early second to me. Yeah. I could easily see him being there at the 47th pick with the Grizzlies. And he honestly could get passed over because there's so much uh, talent that, uh, a lot of people are starting to kind of uncover. And as we continue to keep going on with these uh, players, you're going to find out that we've been doing this for over a month or so now, plus that. Um, and we have people that were not even on the radar at all. And this was like one of the groups was called, you know, off the radar. And now they're all <laughs> moving up into the first round. And we're like, what is going on yeah. with these players? Um, I, I think that the talent is more than probably people realize. And I think we're going to continue to keep seeing that. And Josh, I don't know if he fits the Grizzlies because of the outside shot. He has athleticism. He plays very well. A lot of his stats don't show up, you know, on the stat sheet, what he can actually do for a team. I think he is a winner. And I think if he finds the right spot, he could be really good. But I also think that his outside shot and what the lack of, unless he can really develop it in the G League or being on the end of a bench over the you know course of the first two years, He's going to have a long road in front of him, but he does have the athleticism and the size to make him a player who could be good for a, uh, an NBA team in the future. Uh, but that's enough about Josh Minot. Let's go ahead and hit on the last guy, Kendy Chandler. A lot of people are expecting the Grizzlies, and they were very early. Um, they were expecting them to draft a backup point guard. He is a little undersized, and even with that 22nd pick, people are still – tagging Kennedy Chandler to the Grizzlies. What say you, Ryan? Yeah, I don't think you take Kennedy at 22. I think he'll actually fall. And it's just basically he's a six-foot sub-height point guard. And those guys just aren't getting taken in the first round or early anymore. It's most likely he falls out of the first round. So I think he's potential to be there at 29th. Uh, we're not potential. I think he'll be there at 29th. And you kind of have to evaluate the teams that are drafting in that spots. Virtually none of them need point guards. And virtually none of them really need a backup point guard that they're willing to work with um, or to develop. So it really, I was very interested in Kennedy being on this team, especially, you know, with what Grizzlies we kind of assume is the impending departure of Tyus Jones. Although there has been some clues that Kleiman and them are not afraid to pay to keep Tyus around. Um, so Kennedy, I think, is of these three guys that we're talking about here. He's third. 
Um, obviously, if I can get Jalen Duren, then God please. Um, if I can get Josh Minot, I would rather have Josh Minot than Kennedy Chandler now. Uh, but Kennedy, there's nothing against Kennedy. I think Kennedy is a great player. Watched him here at Memphis when he played for Briarcrest. Um, it's interesting because whenever I saw him play, everyone's hyping him up, everyone's hyping him up, and I'm like, man, he's just he's small. I don't see it. But every time you watch him, the physical profile is not there but his impact on the game is. And he completely controls the flow of the game, even at his size. I mean, he's 5'11". He's almost six foot. He's not miniature. I mean, he's Chris Paul size, basically. Um, But his speed, he's lightning quick with the ball. That's one of the things. It's not great, you know, the sprint for guards. Some of it you can kind of get a little overreactionary to because – it's a guy just sprinting without a basketball. And Kennedy's one of those guys who's as fast with the basketball in his hand. And a lot of guys can't do that with the top end speed that they have without a basketball. So would be great in the open court, lightning quick. The thing he's got, it he's a floor raiser to me. I think he makes everyone better. His passing obviously can get better. His vision is pretty good already for a point guard. I mean, look at that Vols team. It's not like it was a team full of shooters. It's a bunch of big kind of hulking athletic people. So it's kind of on Kennedy to do a little bit of everything. And this is his big knock. And which is why I think he will fall is if you're going to be a smaller guard at point guard and he'd be lightning quick, you got to be able to shoot. And that's the problem with him was his catch and shoot wasn't great. His shooting in general needs to improve. People have pointed out that he's going to have to develop some sort of consistent floater, which he really didn't have at UT in year one. But obviously, these are the, the shooting things are all things I think can get better. Um, it's the tools and the speed that I think that if you're in the if you are the Grizzlies and you're getting word from Tyus that hey, I've got this offer from God knows who the Knicks, um, and I want to try out my hand at being a starting point guard. Kennedy is an option, but I think I wouldn't take him in the first round. I think he'll actually slide. Um, and he's basically the same size as Tyus. So it's not going to be a huge fall off or anything. And Kennedy's just a faster player, but it's not going to be as good of a shooter and not as a good of a team connector as Tyus is right now. So you take a step back a little bit and that regards if you're going with a rookie and that's expected, but Kennedy, I think does have a little bit higher floor than what Tyus is. I think what we see from Tyus is what Tyus is always going to be now. And Kennedy with his speed um, could be a little bit better ceiling wise than Tyus. So he's a good option, but if I had to choose between Minot and Kennedy, I'm probably going for the project in Minot. And that's just the Grizzlies have kind of afforded themselves that opportunity. Now with their roster, they can kind of take a shot with an ultra wing, that ultra athletic wing that needs work, overtaking a guy who just fills a need, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. Um, I think that has potential because the thing is with the Grizzlies, they have the small point guard. That's the dynamic score. So when you go to your bench, a lot of people say, well, yes, then you have, you know, jaw 2.0 coming in right behind him to continue the same thing. Well, that doesn't always work. And at that, if you're drafting a guy, especially in the first round, 
you're saying, hey, we're planning on playing you 20 minutes a game at max. And at that point in the playoffs, probably not much at all. So there's already a very low ceiling on this guy because you're putting him in a box of saying he's going to be the backup point guard because you cannot play him alongside job. That just does not make sense. Uh, And so I think that the fit here is very, very tough with having Kenny Chandler, even though at first I I really loved the player. But the more I looked at this Grizzlies team, I didn't think that there was a fit there. Yeah, there's I want to give Kennedy some props because I think why people like the no step verse vert more than just like the max vert. No one really cares about the max vertical. I think normal people are like, oh, he jumped 42 inches. Good God. But that's a running start. Like, come on. The no step vert, his Kennedy's was 31 inches, which was one of the highest at the draft combine, if not the highest, which is insane for a six foot guard. Um, So he's ultra athletic. And the thing about it with the Grizzlies is you got to be a worker. And Kennedy is that. And so I think he would fit personality wise with this Grizzlies team. I'm just not sure if I'm going to take a backup point guard rookie if I'm going to keep Tyus around for another year or two um, or put him right in as my, you know, starting backup. That's the only kind of risk that I'm not sure, but I like Kennedy. I think he's a good player. I wouldn't be upset if he was on the Grizzlies. I would be upset if he's on the Grizzlies, if we took him at 22, Uh, but um, I wouldn't be mad at him being on the team. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it'd be tough to have him on the team, and you're not mad about it because you are, you know, you're getting a, a player that's young, could be very explosive. Uh, let's go ahead and run down the guys real quick, and we'll grade these guys on a scale of one to ten on the fit with the Grizzlies. Who fits the best, you know, and may, we'll kind of add this into your your love of this player too. So the player, the fit for the Grizzlies, a scale of one to ten. Let's start from the top, Jalen Duran. Fit ten. He fits exactly what they would need. Um, You can move on from Steven Adams, uber athletic, can do everything, um, and just a much higher ceiling pairing with Triple J. Okay. Uh, Let's go with Josh Minot. He would be an eight because he's the athletic wing, but the problem is we don't just need athletic wings. Uh, yep. So his fit right away would not be great because he can't shoot outside of six feet, but it's potential to reap benefits in year three or four. Okay. Uh, that's a little higher than I thought. Uh, let's go Kennedy Chandler here. Pure fit. If Tyus is not here, he's a 10, <laughs> but we don't know what's up in the air with Tyus. So I'm going to give uh, Kennedy a seven for fit with the Grizzlies. Wow. Um, okay. Well, I, you know, I'll give mine real quick. I think that uh, Jalen Duren is probably a nine for me just because there's no outside shot whatsoever with him. He is a big, so he covers up a lot of what uh, Jaron doesn't do. So I'll go ahead and give him a nine. So, you know, we're right there at the top. Uh, but Josh Minot, I think if, uh, depending on when you're drafting him, if he's in the, the second round and he's a project, then, yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, an eight is probably good because you're getting a guy with potential who could be really good. Uh, but if you're in the first round, I think he's a five. I, I think if you were mm. realistically drafting him that high, 
he's maybe he's a five because he is not first round talent in my opinion. And Kenny mm. Chandler, I don't think he's a, a fit for the Grizzlies for the simple fact that they already have that player and you already draft a guy and you're putting him into a box, into a role. And I would say he's probably, you know, a six at best. He is a great player. I just think you already have jaw here. The only thing you can expect is if jaw did get hurt, he steps in and could take this team to the same level, same, you know, trajectory a little bit. Obviously you, he's not going to be jaw, but he's still taking them in the same path because he's some a similar player. He just cannot play with him on the court. So that's yeah. where I got a, a, do, a document on that. Um, all right. So you feel good about those three? Yeah, that feels pretty good for the Memphis group. I feel like a, we did them fairly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, we got more coming back, so make sure you stay tuned. We're going to be having these come out uh, every Monday and then every midweek. Uh, depending on how the week goes and what's going on, we're going to have these out on either a Wednesday or Thursday. That's all we have. I hope you're coming back and listening to us and give us a little bit of feedback. You can find us at GrizzLead, at Grizz underscore lead. You can find me at Daniel Greer. You can find Ryan at RD Meadows 11. Be nice and tell your friends. <laughs>